Come on, let's put our hands together for everything God's doing through the Legacy Foundation. And especially if you, if, you, if you gave or pledged last year, you, you know, you're seeing where this money is actually ending up. It's ending up in the work of the gospel. Just so you guys know, we have a vision to uh, own 10 acres of land, to build buildings on it. All of that in legacy goes towards that. And I'm going to just take a few minutes. I'm going to uh, read some of these out of the book. I will also have these on the um, screen behind you. Um, but what we like to do every year is we like to present Legacy Foundation. We're not going to take extra offerings. We're not going to do anything above our tithe. We're just going to take our legacy offering once a month. So what we like to do up front is ask you to go ahead and make a pledge towards a Legacy Foundation. And then that's it for the rest of the year. Once a month, we'll take that offering and just know where your money's going in. Ty, I'm going to jump right to the, uh, the financial screen here. So I want to talk about, let you guys know what came in, what we spent on, on uh, the Legacy Foundation, things like that. So numbers here. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. It says here, pledges for 2022, okay? So this is the amount of pledges that people said ahead of time that they were going to give, 205000 uh, $187. So that's what people pledged. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it says here 85% of that actually came in. That's one of our highest numbers ever of people, you know, fulfilling their pledges. And we know, we know this, that as people pledge and they make a step of faith, that they're relying on God to go ahead and meet those needs so that they can give it. So we know that God is blessing his people as they step out, and that's also a good thing to see. So you see up here our total, total Legacy Foundation at 85% was $174,899 came into the Legacy Foundation. I want you to see here, though, that our goal, we, had, we set a goal for $750,000. Why would you set a goal so high? Well, if you want to buy 10 acres of land and you want to build three buildings on it, you're dealing in much bigger than that. So we could set a goal bigger than that, but we want to have a God-sized goal. Amen. Do you guys agree with that? We should have something that we put out there that says, okay, only God. Okay? We don't want to look at ourselves as the source. We don't want to look at you as the source. We want to look at God as the source who increases us in that. So as you look here, amount spent for this... Foundation, 75000 amount spent in in-house ministry, that's like our kids' ministry, our youth ministry, youth events, things that happen, 21000 amount spent on operations, 18000 and then right here, amount reserved for land, so there's $60,000 sitting in a bank towards our land, amen, so we don't want to spend through... We don't want to spend through everything. We want to have a reserve so that as God makes something available, we're ready to move on that and, and be serious about it. Amen? So I'm going to go over to God's favors on our strategy. You guys can read this with me as well. We believe that through the proven strategy and God's continuous blessing that we will see living word empower more believers to affect change in their communities, touch more nations with the hope of the gospel, and reach more people with the life-changing love of Jesus. The Legacy Foundation strategy is comprised of three groups of extraordinary givers, the army of faithful believers, centurions, and kingdoms people. So these three groups of people are just giving levels, people who just start out, um, then there's people at a second tier and a third tier. Uh, a person enters one of these three groups according to the amount they choose to faith pledge during the year above their regular tithes and offerings. 
If you're not yet bringing the Lord his tithe, 10%, please begin. So I talked about that last year. Some people um, haven't even started with the tithe, and let 2023 be your year where you bring God his tithe. The Bible says that the tithe is holy. It belongs to him. Make a decision in your heart that you're going to begin to tithe if that's where you're at. Just know this, that the Legacy Foundation are offerings, free will offerings that are above your tithe. Amen? Um, that is most important, and if you desire to join Legacy Foundation, also simply pledge whatever amount you choose. Now, in the book and on your seat, can you guys look on your seat real quick? There is a Legacy card. Seth, can you hold that up? On the Legacy card, if you flip it over, there is a pledge point. So at any point during these three weeks that we talk, if the Holy Spirit talks to you and you want to go ahead and pledge towards this, again, this is a pledge. It's not necessarily something you have to do. Let it let it just be something that God challenges you with, and you can drop that in the offering bucket or whatever at any time. Amen? So that's what it's talking about here. Simply pledge whatever amount you choose. God will bless you. Legacy Foundation, giving may be done weekly, monthly, randomly, or as a one-time lump sum. It may be also done online using the Living Word app. Giving to Legacy Foundation is a financial commitment over a 12-month period over and above our tithes. So let's go ahead and uh, jump into leaving a legacy. So the reason why we use legacy is we have to look beyond just us. We have to build something that endures, something that, you know, that uh, reaches our kids and our children's children and even beyond that. And when you build something right, God's able to bless that through the generations. We're actually able to leave a legacy. I know this is, uh, th this is an odd example, you guys, but... Um, the older you get, you start to get kingdom-minded, especially when you realize that you're not going to be on this earth forever. And then as you, see, as you see your days getting closer to the time where you're going to go home with Jesus, you start to think, what have I actually done that's eternal? What, have I, what am I going to actually present before Jesus when I go, right? And you start to become kingdom-minded. And you want to say, you know what, I, I want to leave a legacy. I want to do something. I, wanna, I want, you know, this, this part of my life to really mean something. And, and the funny example is this. We had our marriage, um, our marriage weekend this past weekend, and I was listening to um, a podcast about the cost of divorce, okay? Everyone thinks divorce is the answer. Oh, you know, we have irreconcilable differences. We're going to divorce. But it's very expensive to get a divorce, you're going you're gonna to lose half of your wealth, you know, if you're a man and you're worried about money. Half of your wealth is gone immediately. Half of your assets are gone immediately. And then two people have to live in two locations. So all of a sudden you're paying for two living conditions. And then it goes on and on. It's just, you just, you know, you're losing money. And so this lawyer who is a divorce lawyer said, the first half of my life was helping people get divorces, but I'm a Christian, and the second half of my life is going to help people get out of divorce and not get a divorce. To me, that was a kingdom mind. It was not something of this lawyer was not just how can I make money off of divorces, but how can I now do the opposite? Let's keep people out of the divorce court. Let's keep people together. And that's what we need to have. We need to have that kingdom mindset, that switch that gets off us and starts looking at God's kingdom. Amen? Leaving a legacy demonstrates an eternal mindset. A life lived for yourself is uninspiring and dies merely with you. But a life lived for others goes beyond you and touches lives even after you're gone. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever, Psalm 112.6. What you do, uh, what do you want people to say about you when you're gone? 
What do you want God to remember about your life you lived on earth? If you want your name in your life to be remembered with joy, you must be intentional about it. That's what leaving a legacy is all about. You can leave a financial legacy today to equip the next generation for Christ. You can impact the future with the Legacy Foundation. Many uh, leave a legacy with a one-time gift. Often include, uh, others include Legacy Foundation in their estate planning. Some donate stocks, real estate, other assets to support God's work. Either way, you can set up a way for your giving to make an internal impact now and even after you're gone. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Now, we ask every year about pledges and what we are going to give on a monthly basis, but some of us, the Holy Spirit might talk to you about giving assets and giving stocks or giving land or things like that. Do not limit the Holy Spirit and what he can speak to your mind about. God wants to build his kingdom. He can only do it through us. And those who are generous in this life, the Bible says that they will be blessed in this life and the life to come. Amen? Some people get uncomfortable when you talk about giving like this. I don't at all. God never asked me to give so that I will lose money. He always asked me to give so that he can increase me. I never see it as a net loss. I see it as a plus gain, and God is just setting me up for blessing because that's what the Bible talks about. And we do not have to, like, shrink back about talking about this. These are Bible principles. Some of us just need to hear it, even for the first time. So, where do I fit in? And I believe, is this my last slide, Ty? All right, last slide. Here we go. Faithful believers play a vital role in impacting the nation and the world around us. And there is a place for you to be involved. It is with great excitement that we invite you to join us on this journey of transforming lives through the Legacy of Foundation again this year. Remember that your pledge is non-binding and pressure-free. Prayerfully consider what you can give above your regular tithes and offerings, and you can pledge according to your budget and your faith. Uh, we can't all give the same amount, but we can all give our best. Together we can change our world with some uh, innovative thinkers fund their Legacy Foundation Faith pledge from tax refunds, stocks, sale of extraneous items, and part-time income, etc. They devise ways to be extraordinary givers. We will accomplish so much more together when we than we could on our own. Together we have the resources to bring hope to a hurting world, to leave a legacy of change for the glory of God. Our prayer is that each of us will find a place and our purpose in the vision of living word. Amen. Again, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to pass it to Pastor Judy. Um, prayerfully consider from the Holy Spirit. If you gave last year, we encourage you to continue to give, but pray and say, God, do I need to up it? Do I need to step out a little more in faith? Do I need to do something that's a challenge to me? Amen. We encourage you to do that. If you've never given before, listen to the Holy Spirit. This is all we can ask. Everyone, just do your part. Every single one of us. The most exciting thing is when we have 100% participation. That's when we see the ball begin to move. That's when we see momentum begin to happen. That's when we become an unstoppable force. Amen. If everyone just does their part. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray over the word. Well, I'm not going to go right into the word, but I'm going to pray anyhow. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, Father. And we just pray, Holy Spirit.
Do what you want to do today. Speak to our hearts. And we just thank you for leading us and for using us in kingdom business. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're quiet. You're quieter than the first group. Hallelujah. Hopefully you can get stirred. The Holy Spirit will stir you up. Glory to God. We're, we're going to do some great things. In, in 2026, in February of 2026, we're going to be on our land, in our building, and we're going to dedicate it to Jesus. Amen? Do you believe it? Can we do that in three years? We can do it. We can, we can do it. I just was informed by my husband. He was talking to somebody. And um, Bethel with Bill Johnson, they're getting ready to, what was it, a billion dollar? A hundred billion dollar. A hundred million? I was going to say a hundred billion. hundred million dollar, they're getting ready. It's a hundred million dollar facility. If they can do that, we can do what we can do. Amen. God's no respecter of persons. God's no respecter of churches. One of the things we do uh, is we do give out uh, into other ministries, and we have one of those ministries right here in our local church that comes here. That we're, we're their pastor, and they have a local ministry, and I'm going to have Bob come. But I want to say, you know, where, where it says a legacy foundation, the, the top, you probably thought, well, what is all that? $75,000 go to this, so much expense. Expense in the books, expense in the breakfasts we have, like when we went and we had Mark Hankins back here, expenses we've had increased. Some of these lights you can't even believe. If you really want good lights and good lighting, and you say, well, Pastor, we don't care. We don't care if there's just a steeple on the roof. But you know what? Um, honestly, we got to reach the world, and you got to reach the world through social media. And you want to have the best presence on social media, and God is doing that right now. We've spent money on cameras and computers and just doing so many things and increasing staff. So uh, it's just in every outreach, like with the Christmas outreach and the, uh, the um, uh, trunk or treat, every outreach that, that goes, that doesn't, ha the foundation provides for what is not, what, what we don't have in there. And, um, and so you're making that happen. You're a part of everything that happens here at Living Word. And you're a part with what is happening at Faith and Pistons. Tell us about it, Faith. Amen. Um, so Faith and Pistons, if, did they, you saw it was on the video, right? So I have it. Okay. I'm prepared. <laughs> so um, basically we're, we're a group uh, came together about 10 years ago. Um, the, the vision was, um, I get a lot of crazy visions from God. I gotta hold it closer. Here we go. I get a lot of uh, crazy ideas, and so I tested this one with God. I said, um, "God, if this is Your will, I said I need two things. I need I need men to do this with because I am not equipped to do this by myself, and I need like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars for the first project that we did as we come together. I prayed about it for three days. Three days. That's it. And in three days, I had fifteen hundred dollars, the exact amount. And I right." How, again, how good is my God? And then uh, my second thought was, I should have asked for more money. <laughs> my God's that good, and I keep shortchanging him. Uh, this was his will, so it goes forward. So right now we're at 10 years running, and we've been able to um, have a bunch of kids through there, give away a bunch of cars, and um, have a good brother, a uh, bunch of brothers, including Bill back there, who's been with me forever, and he is a worker, and I thank God for him. Um, so what we look for is um, 
young men and mentors that come in. Um, when they come in, every kid, every mentor, the first thing they get from us is this speech. So here you go. I tell them to imagine on paper and draw out their perfect, their uh, purpose-built race car. From uh, engine to transmission to paint, the race it's going to run, everything. Then buy every part and nut and bolt the car together. Now imagine on race day you show up at the start line and somebody from the grandstand comes down and writes whatever disparaging word across the hood of your car in a sharpie. How would you feel? My favorite answer was from this kid uh, from our very first class. It was uh, Josh Smith, and he said, I'd push him off a cliff. <laughs> and I said, I feel the same way. And I go, God feels the same way about you. You are purpose-built for your race, and nobody's going to run it better. And nobody has a right to that Sharpie. Not you, not your mom, not your dad, not your friends, not your enemies. The only person who has the right to that Sharpie is God. And it'd be really good for you to understand what your maker, the one who spoke everything into existence, what he says about you. So then I make them listen to this. And I won't, I know Judy won't let me either, and I don't have the time. But there is, I got four pages of stuff that God says about you. I thought I'd read a couple for y'all. Um, the only one who has the right to the Sharpie. He says, we are a new creation. All grace abounds towards us. We are, his, we are an ambassador. We are anointed. We are the perfected. We are the beloved. We are totally blessed. We are born again. We can do all things through Christ. We are chosen. Christ indwells us. We are curse-free. We are dead to sin. We are disciples. We are the elect. We are free. We are fruitful. We are gifted. We are healed. We are highly favored. There you go. I'm only taking a few, but there's 120 I have here, and I make them listen to all 120. We are his workmanship. We are known by him. We lack nothing. We are the light of the world. We are more than conquerors. We are protected. We are purified. One more page. And uh, the last one I wrote down here, um, these are all in alphabetical order, and it says, we are absolutely worthy of who God is. Our kids are up against it. Our kids are being told their identity is in their pronoun and all kinds of other things. They're investing their life trying to find out who they are. Every kid needs to know their identity comes from their maker. And the second thing we teach them is your assignment, your identity and your assignment. And the rest of our days is just figuring out what God has for us every day. What's our long-term mission? What's our legacy? What are we going to leave behind? That's what we want to teach these kids. Um, we're always looking for more kids, and we're looking for more mentors. Uh, you can support us um, if you want to donate a car. or I've had plenty of cars come from this audience, too, so thank you. And those cars go to um, people in need. We get to see a kid who came in and pays nothing for this class. We give him all this class and show him tools and how to work on stuff and uh, give them the mentorship, and they get to take the car keys that they worked on that car and hand it to a single mom who's struggling, or hand it to um, the one of the cars giveaway that we gave last year was to this woman who basically quit her job to come home and uh, help a woman who was on hospice who was dying, and she spent the last six months of this lady's life helping her without a paycheck, and she needed a car, 
she came to there ready to spend 2500 bucks on a truck that was a nice truck. And um, we were able to gift it to her. And the impact that it makes in the community is huge, and the impact on our kids is huge. So uh, thank you for you guys' involvement in this. And you gave, uh, didn't you give a vehicle to a homeless person this oh, year yeah. too so, as well? Uh, so this one's kind of crazy. It's not really in our wheelhouse, but we did it anyways. Um, I had somebody come to us, another church, but somebody was homeless, and uh, I just put, and they said, uh, do you guys do campers? I said, well, we haven't, but we can. And I put the word out literally on a Thursday at like 8 o'clock. I started asking people. By noon, I had a camper that needed some work. And Bill back there put it together and got the heat working. And uh, hopefully this week we give it away. This takes a person who's living on the streets, puts them in a warm, safe place to live in. So good stuff, good stuff. So, so, so in a, kind of in a nutshell, what they're doing is they are... Uh, mentoring boys, they bring them in, they minister the word of God, they train them in the things of God, but they're also training them in mechanics and how to work on cars as they're getting these cars. And then in turn, they give the key, put the keys in these young boys' hands to give to an unwed mom, a homeless person. Yeah. It's teaching our, our young people yeah. to be givers and to, it, it's really awesome the way they're being mentored in the word and being trained it, to be able to do something for life. And it's amazing to see a kid have so much joy giving the keys to somebody. Full circle, I love it. It's, it's where I know my assignment is for the rest of my life is here. And uh, I, I feel unbelievably blessed that God would use a broken arrow like me. So thank you guys for all that you guys so do. So we're helping make that possible. And we're believing it's gonna increase this year, amen? You're part of that. You're part of making that happen. See, I didn't have to rush to this service because the other service we had to get us you know, we had to end it so we could start this service. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that exciting to know that you're a part of it when a, when a homeless man gets something, a, a vehicle, or when a, a young boy is learning a trade? You're a part of what is going on at Faith and Pistons. And maybe sometime you could see Bob and you could go out and look at his garage or something. And uh, where is that? In Bridgewater? West Bridgewater. On 28. So, amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to have uh, uh, another testimony at the end. But you know what? We just, uh, it, it's just not about us here. There's so much to do out there. And, and when we give, God, you might think nobody else notices. But I tell you who does notice. God Almighty notices it. God Almighty notices it. I want to take a few minutes. And I want to talk just, I want to just start out talking about the um, Asbury Revival. How many of you heard about that? You've been seeing it online. You're wondering, is this God? Is this not God? There's always the naysayers and the, the downer-outers. But you know what? When people will stand in line to just get in the presence of God, don't believe everything you hear unless you know stuff. Just look at what's happening. People are hungry for God. Somebody said to me, well, is there that many people getting saved? Is anybody getting healed? Is any you know what? It's just getting started, folks. People are hungry for God. And you know, the majority, probably 85% of the people that are showing up are young people under the age of 25. Young people are hungering for God. They realize there is nothing in this earth for them. There is nothing satisfying. You, 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 they... they, they People, not just young people, but everybody, they just, they, they live on their phones. And if their phone doesn't have anything, oh, Facebook don't have any, oh, this, anything, oh, they, 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 they get depressed. 
Just talk to people, you know. I'm telling you, God is on the move. Amen? And I was, as I was watching that, you know, I was thinking about us because Pastor Ed and I, we're, we're believing for an awakening here. We're believing for a great move of God. And listen, a great move of God in New England, I think it's going to look a little different because there's so many people in New England that haven't even heard the gospel yet. I mean, really heard the gospel. There are generations that have not heard the gospel. And I know that because I was 23 when I got saved. And here, nobody in my family ever heard of it. My parents' generation never heard of it. My grandparents' generation never heard of it. Nobody, I have, I, I, my mom has 10 people in her family. They never heard of it. None of their kids ever heard of it. I'm telling you, there are so many people that have not heard. They might be in churches, but they have not heard the truth. And when we did hear it, it changed our, it changed our life. It changed our trajectory. It changed everything. Amen. When we found out what Jesus did for us, when we found out there was, there was a heaven to gain and a hell to make sure we stay out of, when we found out we had to be saved, and we talked about that last week, we brought out those scriptures, there has to be salvation. There is only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. Amen? And so what if this began to happen here? This just, just shows you why we need to get moving, why we need to be in our building. Because you know what? We, we already fight with the fish team over there for parking space. <laughs> the fish school, whatever we call it. <laughs> you know, we already, we're already having, you know, we already are living under these rigid uh, circumstances with, with, with our landlord. There's all kinds of restrictions when you don't have your own land and your own building. But when you have your own, you can do what you, what you want to do. Now, I don't believe that can limit God in no way. But what I'm saying is it would help a lot to have our own place. Amen? So that people can come and they can line up and they can get in and experience the presence of God. Amen? This, I, we don't always, we, we showed the, the video of last year, but we don't want to just celebrate what we have done. But we want to celebrate what we're going to do. Amen? And I believe, Pastor Ed and I believe that 2023 is going to be a year where we experience the power and the presence of God like never before. And I, I'm telling you, we've already, we're already experiencing it. We can, we can sense the anointing in this place. We can, we can, we can literally, it's, sometimes it's tangible in this place. Even at home when we're talking, we, we just well up. It's just the presence of God. So, so get ready. Get ready. Amen? The ultimate call of our lives is to be difference makers. Amen? You and I are called to be a different maker. We're not here to just pay bills and survive and, and, and just get by and, and have a few spiritual experiences. No, we believe God wants us to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Sound familiar? Growth track, right? Make, it's not just a program. It's, it's discovering your purpose. It's making a difference. Amen? I want to talk just a few minutes about eternity. I, 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 I'm just going to say this. One of the biggest problems that we're dealing today in the, ch in the church world, world la -la, I got a cotton mouth here, is that there's a, there's a low sense of being eternity-minded. Everyone seems to be living for the now, you know? 
What's on social media now? What is, I, I want to get married now. I want to have kids now. I need a job now. I want to buy a house. Or, or we're, just, we're just living for the now in the world. And we get caught up. Life is so busy that we just caught, get caught up with the everyday uh, things of life, don't we? You know? Even, even when we're home, you know, sometimes we'll yell at somebody at the other end of the house, can, can you bring me, I don't know, can, can you bring me my toothbrush? I left it in the kitchen. And sometimes you're waiting five minutes and you go, can you bring it now? <laughs> How many of you yell at somebody and you want something and, and, and they say, yeah, I'll bring it in a minute. And you're still waiting, you know, 10 minutes later, you're in the shower waiting for a towel or something that you forgot, you know. And so, but, you know, like everybody's living for the now, amen? But we should be living life with purpose, and we should be living life eternity-minded, amen? Living for eternity, not just for what, what is here on this earth. Psalm 39, chapter, Psalm chapter 39, verses 4 and 5 says this. It says, Lord, make me to know my end and to appreciate the measure of of my days. We need to appreciate the measure of our days. What it is, let me know and realize, let me realize how frail I am, how transient is my stay here. Behold, you have made my days as short as handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing in your sight. This is talking eternity-minded, because eternity, we're, we're, we're just a little bit, it's like nothing in God's sight, us here on earth, because eternity is forever. The Bible says it's everlasting. Amen? You're not going to just go die in a grave and cease to exist. When your body gives out, you're going somewhere. Amen? And if you're born again and Jesus is your Lord, you're going to heaven. Amen? You're going to walk on streets of gold, and you're going to wonder why you had a problem with money when you see God's streets. <laughs> it says, truly every man at his best is merely a breath. Pause and think calmly of that. Frail. How frail is, is life? And, you know, in other words, you know, someone, you know, people t say, well, you know, I don't confess that I'm frail. We, we know we confess the word of God. We, com we confess that we're strong. But you know what? We could ride a bike, fall down, bang our head and die. Is that not true? You know, people can hit their head and one day they're here, one day you're gone. But I'm talking, I'm talking about the frailty of the flesh. Someone might say, you, they, they, they talk about, they, they say, well, you know, I'm not concerned about that. You need to be concerned about that. Because eternity is just a moment away. It's just a step away. It is actually, the time on this earth is very, very short. Amen? In light of eternity, you might live 100 years, but in light of eternity, that's just a dot on a map. That's just a dot on a map. It's very, very short. So you want to make that count. And realizing that everything you do here, listen, you cannot take anything with you to heaven. Everything belongs to God anyhow. But you can't take, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Have you? You can't take it with you to heaven. You, can, you can't take anything. But I'm telling you, there is one thing. What The things that you do on this earth, the Bible says that God's going to judge us for those things. There is a judgment seat of Christ. Amen? You want to make what you do count, even, even in that short amount of time that we're here on the earth. Now, if you're saved and you've never done anything for God, you're going to go to heaven. 
But I'm telling you, you're going to go before the judgment seat of Christ. Because the Bible talks about it. And we're going to be judged for the works we did on the earth. Don't get, don't get scary. And do you know why? So, so God can say, you bad girl. No. God is love. God is complete love. The Bible actually says God is love. Do you know why? Because God's going to reward us. He wants to reward us for everything. Let, let, let's, look at, let's look at eternity for a few minutes. James 4.14 says this. It says, yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp, a vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. It's like, you know, a little bit of powder. You just put it on your hand and you blow it. That's our life. That's what the Bible says. Is that Bible? Is that scripture? We're here just for a very short time. 1 Peter 4, 5 says this. But they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge and pass sentence on the living and the dead. We're going to have to give an account to God for everything that we've done on this earth. Our talents, our time, our, our working, our giving. We're going to have to. We have that responsibility. Amen? We have that. And, and, and honestly, we should want to. We, we should want to do everything for God. Like when, when I got saved and started witnessing and working for God, I wasn't thinking, oh, I got to do a lot for God because he's going to judge me. No, 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 no. I, you want to do something for the kingdom of God. But, you know, as pastors, sometimes we don't let people know. Don't you think that, aren't you glad that I'm letting you know that the scripture says that, that you're going to have to give an account to God? See, that's our job, to let you know for the things that you've done on the earth, for the works that you did. In Romans chapter 14, 12, look at this. And the, the, this is the Passion Translation. I don't know if I gave you that translation, but I'm going to read it out of the Passion. It says, therefore, each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. You say, Pastor Judy, what does this have to do with legacy? What does it have to do? With, because legacy is we're building a legacy for the kingdom of God. We're building a legacy for the next generation. We're not, we're not just building, um, uh, uh, you know, these billionaires, they go die, they die and they leave their kids money. Where's that going to get them? Where's that going to get them if they're not born again? Amen? So because of this, we have to attach God's eternal purpose to whatever we're doing in our daily life. Everything should be attached to an eternal purpose. We should be eternity conscious, eternity minded, legacy minded. Amen? If you want to leave a legacy, you need to be willing to do the unusual. When you do the unusual, then God does the supernatural. Amen? You know, there, there's a scripture, and, and I'm ahead of myself, but I'm going to skip down and read it. I was going to read it when I talked about the youth, but it says in Judges 2.10 in the Amplified, it says, and also, all, let me tell you the story behind this. Joshua and everybody died out. You know, the whole generation died out. But listen to what it said. They were not responsible to leave a legacy to the next generation. And this is verse 10. It says, and also all that generation 
were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know or recognize or understand the Lord or even the work which he had done for Israel. They didn't know. There was nothing left behind. There was, there was no intention. We have to be intentional about what we're doing for God, amen? And we're being intentional about leaving a legacy, about building a legacy for our young people, for our children, amen? This, we have to become legacy-minded. In order to be legacy-minded, you need to be eternity-minded. And some people say, well, I, I don't care about, you know, I don't care about rewards. Well, God does. Do you ever have somebody, do you ever give some kid a Christmas present? You know, we used to have these big youth, out, youth outreaches. And sometimes we would give a kid a prize that he would win, you know, we'd draw his name. And maybe, we, maybe they didn't win like a $25 card to Dunkin' Donuts, but they won a game of, they, they won a bag of popcorn. And every once in a while you'd have a kid go, oh, I don't want that. Like, like, just so unappreciative. You know what I'm saying? Or do you ever give a Christmas present to somebody and they're like, and you're like, gee. Well, you know what? That's kind of like what we're saying to God when He says, "I got rewards waiting for you in heaven." Because He's looking forward. You know, it's more blessed to give than receive, and He is looking forward to giving us. He's He's going to take account of what we've done. Amen. And every single one of us are going to go before God. Amen. There's a song that was written years ago, and I just, this is just the one, the chorus, and I, and I wrote these, I, I copied the lyrics, and um, it was a song that they used to sing when I first got saved, and I just, I just loved it, and it said, only one life, soon it will pass, only what's done for Christ will last, only, that's what the Bible says, only one chance to do his will so give to Jesus all your days. It's the only life that pays. When you recall, you have but one life. One, what, one life. Think about what others will say when you're gone. What are other people going to say at your memorial service? What are your families going to say after you're gone? What will, what will they be saying in eternity about you? Amen? You know, we read Hebrews 11, and we read about, you know, all of the, the men and women of faith. Well, you know, I, I just said a few minutes ago, let me read that. If you want to leave a legacy, you need to be willing to do the unusual. When you do the unusual, then God does the supernatural. And all of those men and women in, in, in Hebrews, they did the unusual. They did something you know, they, they, they stepped out in faith. Daniel did the unusual. Abraham did it. They did the unusual, and God did the supernatural. When you do the unusual for God, God hasn't changed yesterday, today, and forever. He's no respecter of persons. When you do the unusual for God, he shows up in your life in a supernatural way. We're going to do something unusual in the next three years. We're going to see a mighty move of God. We're going to see, uh, we're, we're, go we're going to build uh, facilities that will house the move of God. That will be a place that young people for years to come can learn about Jesus. That will have a Bible school uh, a cutting, a people, uh, a cutting, uh, that is cutting edge. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm all over the place in this, this, the first service. You'll have to go back and listen to that. I was thinking about that, you know, to see the supernatural, to see the unusual. Think about when, um, if any of you are sports fans, and, you know, like, 
every year there's a few like football players or basketball players or base, they get ready for the Hall of Fame. You know, they call that Hebrews 11, they call it the Hall of Faith, right? A lot of people call it the Hall of Faith. But you know what? They got to do something unusual to get into that Hall of Fame. They don't just make it in there. They either have the most points or the most rebounds or the most touchdowns or the, or the most tackles or whatever it is that they have. They do something unusual. And God is calling Living Word to do something unusual. We're going to see some great things happen. We're believing God for not just a mighty move of souls, but a mighty move where we can, we can build something where we can see God, we, we can glorify God in it and see God move in our young people. Amen? How many of you want to make a difference in, in the world? Hallelujah. Let me, you know, but, but you need to know this. Whatever it is, everything that you sow in the kingdom, every tithe that you've given, every, God is paying, he's either paying attention or he's not. There are good people that do good works. There are people that give to the Red Cross, give to the United Fund, give. Every time I go to the store, they want me to give to something. And I go, I give to God. I'm giving to God. Unless the Holy Spirit moves me, then I'll, I'll throw that whatever they're looking for. But you, know, but you know what? Everybody, that's good. Those are good works. But you know what? What you give for God is going to last into eternity. It's going to count. God's going to mention it when you go before him. Hey, when you gave that extra 50 cents, when you gave this, when you stepped out in faith, I was paying attention. God talks about it. God talks about his blessing. God talks about when we give, it is given back unto us. God talks about the blessing, his blessing. And so everything, whatever it is, don't think God's not paying attention. Amen? And if you haven't, if you're not on board, you need to get on board because you're going to meet Jesus whether you believe it or not. And just think, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to, he's, he's going to, we're going to be accountable for every work that we've done. Let me tell you what Living Word would look like if we were fully funded, okay? And Ty's going to try to help me out with some of these pitches. It kind of goes in and out, but he's doing his best up there. Give him a hand. He does a great job. Hallelujah. You know, anything that goes wrong, he's the one that we talk to. But when he does a good job, we let him know that too. <laughs> and which is most of the time. All right. So let's look, let's look at what uh, Living Word looks like if we're fully funded. Kids ministry. You know what? We want a cutting edge kids ministry. We have people that are... You know, they're, they're, they're putting things together. Or um, This year, we've been able to invest more in our, in our kids' ministry than ever before, but it's nothing compared to what we do need to invest in our children's ministry. Amen? Children are the greatest mission field. We want children to walk in and have a shock and awe. Like, when, why, why does Disney World have to be better than Living Word? You know, why does that have to be? We, we need to have kids that are excited about coming to church, excited about being, bringing their friends, wanting to get their friends saved. It's just a little bit different with kids and youth. Amen? Children of the greatest mission field. Statistics show that 85% of people who come to Christ do so before the age of 18. And we must invest our time and resources 
where we see the biggest harvest. And the biggest harvest is our kids and our youth. And it's important that it's not just to have a children's church. It's not just to have a nursery. It's not just, it's, it, it's to put the word of God in and sow that word of God in them in a young age. Amen? to grow them up in the things of God. Children's ministry is not childcare. It's the most critical time in a person's life. The early, uh, the early years are the most informative. It, it promotes eternal happiness, amen? Not just happiness in this world, hallelujah. Then there's youth ministry. We have a desire to reach teenagers. We want to equip a generation to reach a generation. They want, if you talk to our young people, they want to reach a generation. They want to reach people. We need to equip them for that. Amen? Youth ministry creates a massive door to welcome not only youth into the church, but families. I remember there was a young man that got saved. He got radically saved. He was on drugs. He was everything. Somebody invited him to, his ch to their church, and a uh, really cool church, and uh, <clears throat> he got he got radically, parents didn't know what to do about him. Well, he got radically saved, and then his parents came in, and they got saved and gave $100,000 to the church because they were so thankful of what God had done. They were so thankful for what God had done, and they thought, if a church can do this for my son, every teenager needs it, every teenager. Right now, our youth are meeting during second service in a room. We don't really have a proper place that we can, we, we, we use the sanctuary for for everything, but wouldn't it be great having a youth center that they could just go to every day? Why do they have to go to other places? Why do they have to go to places that, that aren't supervised, amen? But they can come in here with, come in, not in here, but in our new building, <laughs> see, it's in my spirit. And, 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 and there, can be <clears throat> there can be screens up playing good music, amen? Where they can read their Bible, where they can pray together, where they can play pool and speak the word, amen, or whatever they need to do. This is what this is what it'll look like. Facilities in buying land. We're constantly working on our facilities to improve and make ways for, for ministry. And and let me just say this. When when you have your own property, when you have your own building, you're saying to the devil, we're not going anywhere. And this building is going to outlast you. It's going to outlast me, this building that God is giving us. We're building for generations to come. It's a statement to the community. It's, a, it's God's house. It's a place of safety and peace and healing and hope. It's a place of restoration. Amen. We want to set up a strong physical foundation for the next generation. Listen, we know what it's like to start with zero, natto, nothing. We did that. I don't know what we were thinking, but we had a lot of faith. You know, good thing nobody told us we were crazy. Nobody, nobody, you know, our past, I should say, we didn't have nothing. We had a U-Haul and a waterbed and a microwave. <clears throat> I wasn't going to leave that big microwave behind because it was the first thing I believed God for. We had a microwave probably as big as your bed. No, back then they were big. I said, we're taking this with us. And our pastor gave us $1,000. That was it. And we came back here, man, we, we thought we'd been to hell. We were like, it was crazy. We'd have these people bring their kids. We didn't even know that we were supposed to have a children's church. And these were, I remember one night we, we went home and Pastor Ed said, 
I feel like those kids are from hell. Like he couldn't even preach. <laughs> they couldn't even, it was, it was awful. And, and, I, and that's the night I said to him, well, what do you do with kids anyhow? We didn't even know. We didn't even know. Oh, oh yeah, we got to have children's church, Sunday school, something like that. You know what I'm saying? But, but anyhow, God moved and we had nothing. We don't want our young people to go through that. We want to leave a great foundation. We want to leave something so that they're not so busy trying to figure it out. They can go out and win the world for Jesus. Amen? <laughs> Leasing <clears throat> subjects us to the supervision of the landlord. It tells us when and where we can have our outreaches. Because the space is not our own. We can't always do what we want with it. The, this limits our ministry to the world. It limits revival here. And it's, it's, revival would be controlled. We don't want to control it, do we? Amen? We have our own building. We have full control over the, the look and the layout of the building. We can do whatever we want. We have freedom to hold any event throughout the year without pre-approval. More creative upgrades without interference of the landlord and outside building own, owners. But, so we have to establish that. Amen? When we have our own place, this is what it will look like. We'll have the best media technology. And honestly, we're just at the beginning stages. Like I said, some of these lights, if I told you what they cost and some of the screen, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. You say, Pastor, why, why do you need that? Honestly, I, I would have thought that too. But listen, you gotta be cutting edge. You can't be living in a hole and trying to reach the youth of this generation. It's just not going to work. Amen? Moving forward, we're going to make significant investments in our video, our sound, our lighting, our live streaming, our staff. We're going to have, we're, we're, we're working at all of these things. Amen? How many of you love the screen? It's just a couple of years old. But honestly, it, it made me choke. And you know how that came about? And I'm, I'm getting ready to close here. Do you know, do you know how, how that, that screen came, came about? Some of you probably know. How many of you know how the screen came about? Pastor, we, we were praying, and I kept saying, we need to do something. We need to do something impacting. I, I don't know what it is. I, I didn't know it was cosmetically or, or this or anything. I just kept feeling it in my spirit. And we walked into the Apple store on Derby Street, and we saw this big screen. And, you know, God will use anything to speak to you. And I don't know, have you been in Derby Street? And you this just big across the wall. And I don't know, many, maybe people don't go there anymore since they had the accident. But anyhow, this was before then. Anyhow, we, and I looked at that, and we, I said, that's what we need. We need something. We had this dreary painted wall with a line in the middle that we were trying to fix every week with the, the projectors that were so old, we already bought them used. And so we began to, it, it, it probably with the screen, with the wiring, with the electricians, with everything, it was probably just under $100,000 just for that. But you know what we did? God put a seed in our heart. Why can't we have the best? We just, we, I put some, so I put Pastor Mike and, I, and, 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 and little Mike, a couple of the guys on it, and I said, listen, 
search this out. Find out how we can make this happen. And you know what? When you start stepping out in faith like that, God provides. When you start, you say, well, well does God speak about chairs and, and walls and signs? He absolutely does. This is his house. He absolutely does. Amen? This is, this is really different than the first service. But I want to say this. I'm, this is my vision for 2023. This is, this is going to be our vision, okay? We'll have a church with a heart for people like nobody ever had. A church with a, we're speaking that over you, with a heart for people, a heart for souls, that God just, it, we're, we're just our hearts are just overcome. When you were saved, you, when you were first saved, you know what I'm talking about. You knew the whole world was going to hell, and you were out there to save them. I'm believing for that kind of anointing, that kind of revival spirit to be upon this church, a heart for souls like never before. Amen? I was doing a, a banquet. I was doing a, a, I was working in a restaurant, and they had a banquet, and I had just gotten saved, and, and I was trying to tell everybody about Jesus. Everybody had to know. I was convinced that, and they weren't saved, that they were all going to hell because they weren't saved, because I knew what happened to me. And I remember the bartender, and, she, and, and I was telling somebody else, you know, how they get, had to get saved. It was during the, I was waiting on tables and stuff, and she pulled me over, and she said, saved? What do we got to get saved? Why do we have to be, what do we have to be saved from? Saved from what? And I said, hell. If you don't have Jesus, you're going to hell. And she's like, they were like, I, nobody told me not to say, that's how real it was to me. If you just want a billion dollars, wouldn't you be running around telling everybody? I just hit the jackpot. How much? How much? I just won money on a scratch ticket. How much? Well, why wouldn't we want to warn people? And I know we, you, you can reason it all, all that you want, but Jesus came and talked about it. Now, I don't want you to go out and scare the world, but, I mean, if, if God tells you to, you know, I didn't know any better. But we're going to have a heart for people like nobody ever has had before. We're, we're, this church will have a heart for people. It already does. I can see land with three buildings on it, a broadcast facility with the state-of-the-art equipment for a strong online experience, an amazing children's ministry. I see a Christian school and a place for people to connect that would be used to reach our region and leave a legacy for generations to come. Developing, and, and we already have our accredited top-tier Christian college, raising up generations of leaders, impacting the world for Christ. I see us having a translation area and media where we can translate the gospel and reach people in all languages, teaching them the word of faith, teaching them about the Holy Spirit, teaching people. There are so many people in our country that do not speak English. We need to reach them with the gospel. Let's not let, because they don't speak English, stop us. Amen? I don't care. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not taking a political stance here, but listen, every person that's crossed that border, they're getting saved because Jesus is Lord over the United States of America. We need to find a way to reach him. We need to find a way. And, 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 and what the devil planned for evil, God will turn around for good. Amen? I see us changing the world and bringing the gospel to the world. 
Legacy 2023 is about building for tomorrow. Amen? It's about building for tomorrow. I wanna, I'm going to have Vinny and Michaela come up because I want them to share a testimony. Listen, it's time to do the unusual. Every time the unusual was done in the Bible, do you remember when the brook dried up and God sent the prophet Elijah to the widow woman who was going to eat her last piece of meal and, and die, her and her kids? Can you imagine a preacher walking up to somebody today and saying, give it to me first and your meal will not dry? Your barrel will not dry. Your barrel will not go empty. But she did the unusual, and the supernatural came. And her, she was. She. she it, there was so many places in the Bible where God delivered people. Jesus told Peter, "Was it Peter to go down and open the fish's mouth, and the taxes would be in there?" What if Peter said, "Jesus, you're crazy." But Peter did the unusual. He went down. He opened that mouth, and their taxes were paid. Wouldn't that be pretty nice? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when we do the unusual, and, 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 just, and just know this, everything that you're doing, you're going to go before God. He's going to remember. Everything you do with eternity in mind, God is paying attention to. God is going to bring it up when you meet him face to face. I want you to come, Vinnie and Michaela. They, they are. Uh, partners with the Legacy Foundation, and uh, go ahead and share what church. How's it going, guys? So um, Pastor Judy asked us to give this testimony, and I thought it would be great to try to encourage you guys. So um, I love what Pastor Mike said in the beginning, that God put something on your heart for the foundation. You step out in faith and let God bless you with it. And that, that really is what it is, letting God bless you with it and not you doing it in your own strength. In your own strength, it will just be, you'll never get there. Um, so a couple years back when we were giving to the, the foundation offering, God put on our hearts to give uh, $5,000. And we just had the... Um, the marriage course, it was amazing, but it's awesome to, to be married with someone who also prays and listens to God because you, you come together um, whenever God calls you to do something. So when I would get a number, I'd ask Michaela what she thought. And it's awesome to see God move, and we get the same number almost every time. And so you know it's God and not just you. Um, so God said to give $5,000, and for us at the time, that was a stretch um, again, above your tithe and offering. So that was, okay, we're going to listen. We're going to trust God. And supernaturally, God provided uh, what we needed. And then the next year, we were praying. And again, we both went together and prayed. And, and God said to give $10,000. And I think we both got the, the same number. And so again, bigger stretch. It was a lot. It was a lot. That, that was a big stretch. And, and I think also, uh, every, every year, if you looked on paper, our... Uh, our income on paper was going down, and the amount God was saying to give was going up. So just in the natural, it, it seemed, yeah, ridiculous. So then um, last year, we're praying, and, and God said to give $20,000. And same thing, income kind of going down, giving going up. And, and, um, but we just believed at this point we had seen God move so much in our finances and come through in everything that we needed. We had bought a house. Michaela lost her job right after we bought a house, and we've just seen God 
just provide for us through everything. So when God said to give, we didn't really question it. It was like, this is God. He will provide. It's not up to us, but we're going to step out in faith. We're going to listen to what God is telling us to do. Um, so we give quarterly. We gave the first quarter of the $5,000, and then I think every quarter after that, we'd sit down and say, okay, the, the quarter's <laughs> coming, the financial or, or uh, foundation offering's coming, so how are we going to do this? And we'd kind of just look at each other and say, well, we can't this month. We don't know how we're going to do it, but God will provide, and, and we didn't really think about it. It was just God will do it. So then it kind of gets to the end of the year. We've only gave the first quarter. Mark Hankin come, Hankins comes, and he gives his... Um, just encouragement, wor encouraging word about financial, financing and giving to the kingdom. And we got in the car and left that day, and I think we both just looked at each other and said, you know what, like we need to give. Yeah, like we need to fulfill our pledge. We got that number for a reason, and even though it really doesn't make sense financially, we knew we, were going, we, we needed to do what we had pledged. And, you know, everyone knows the stock market, like, plunged this past year or so, and... That's where a lot of our money had been that we had been increasing um, with and then, you know, dropped. So our funds went down significantly. And it doesn't make sense to pull money from the stock market when, the, when it's low. But that was our only option to give the pledge. So that's what we ended up doing at the very end of the year. We gave the rest of the 15000 And that's, that's, again, God, right? Like in the natural, you would never do that. Why? You know, that's the worst time to take out money. But when God says to do something, you just do it in faith. You say, this is what God is saying. I trust God. We live by faith, not by flesh. And we know this is what God is saying, so we're going to do it anyway. So we did. We took the money out, gave it to the foundation offering. And then uh, fast forward a couple months, uh, we're going through some more stuff, and someone came to us. And they said, hey, I know you're going to say no to this, but it, I've already done it. Um, I feel like I need to, I'm going to give you guys $20,000, which is like the, the exact, exact amount. amount. Like, like that. And that's the third time, like in the last five years, that's probably the third time that God has called us, hey, and given us a specific number. I want you to give this to church. And it's kind of been like this, oh, man, like, okay, God, we're trusting you and we've done it. And then... Lit, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Twice, it was the same exact day that we got what God told us to give. Twice, I mean, the same exact amount. And then this one was a couple months later. And it's cool. Like, you see, God says what, what he gives you, if you do well in, he'll increase you. And so every time we've done this, it's been a bigger amount, a bigger amount, this huge jump. And we're just excited what, what God will tell us to do next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like faith is a muscle, and if we had started off doing the $20,000 on the year we did the $5,000, it probably wouldn't have worked for us, but we have just tried Absolutely. to, like, stretch that muscle every year. Um, and I also just wanted to say, like, obviously everyone loves getting blessed monetarily, and we are so thankful for that from God, but I also want to just talk about, like, for me, what's exciting is not only expecting the money to come back, but other, like, blessings in life that make your life rich, like, one of my dreams was to be a stay-at-home mom, but that never really made sense for us since I had the degree. I was a nurse. Um, it just made sense that I was going to be the moneymaker. And, you know, it just so happened that I lost my job during COVID, and Vinny and I swapped, and I've been able to be a stay-at-home mom now for, like, two years. And I, I'm just like, that's one of the biggest blessings in my life. And now we're expecting our second baby, which is, like, another huge blessing. Like, it's just exciting, like... 
looking forward to the gifts God has for you. Like, Amen. Vinny lost his job earlier this year, and obviously that's a little scary. Like, we have a second baby coming. We have a house. But when you sow into the kingdom, it's like a seed planted. And I honestly, like, have such excitement and comfort for this year, whereas, like, normally, like, a normal person in the world would be like, oh, my gosh, like, we don't have any income, like, we have a second baby coming, what are we going to do? But on it, like, I honestly have, like, such peace about that situation, and I know it's, like, such a gift from God. Because we have sown into um, his kingdom, he'll always take care of us. Amen. And then one more thing. Can I say one more thing? One more thing. Um, just like, so giving to, you know, we're blessed because we're, we're following God, and we're giving when God t- says to give, and we, we spend time in the word and prayer. And, and one more thing just about the house and the baby. Uh, Michaela has always prayed for years, right? Like prayed, God, we'll get pregnant at the right time. We'll get pregnant at the right time. And when she was saying the baby, it just reminded me of this. When we, we like bought a house in like this three-month window that we had. Like we had no idea it was a three-month window. But right after that, Michaela lost her job. I didn't make, I don't, was I working? I don't even think I was working. So like I wouldn't have been able to buy a house. Like we never would have been approved for a loan. We literally had, like looking back, a three-month window God put it on my heart, hey, let's start looking for a house. We did that, went through that process, got the house right after Michaela lost her job, um, but she always prayed we'd get pregnant at the right time, bought a house just before, like a month before she had a baby, then she had that baby, and then moving forward, you know, losing a job is never a great thing, but I lost my job right when we found out she was pregnant, and when Michaela, in the first couple months of Michaela's pregnancy, she is... So sick. So sick. <laughs> I don't want to declare so that. Sick. I'm like, I'm healed in Jesus' name, but I have been struggling with all day morning sickness. But and to have the opportunity right now, this is just a season, but to stay home and help her and our yeah. baby when she's sick and going it's through this, to get blessed financially in this moment. Like, God has a plan, and he's just guiding your feet. Smooth sailing, no matter Smooth what. Smooth sailing. <laughs> Amen. I think that's it. Sorry, you're talking so long. <laughs> and. And they're in their fourth year of Bible school, getting ready to graduate with a master's in, it, ma- tell us what it is, Teresa? A bachelor's degree in Christian ministry. Pushing through those four years, amen? And God blessing and, and, and providing for that as well. That's so exciting. I love you guys. That's exciting. Amen? And, and, and God is no respecter of persons. And I'm going to have Pastor come because we need to receive our tithe and offering this morning. But we want you to pray because next week we're going to collect the pledges for this year. And I'm telling you, I, I know that God's going to go over the top, not only for this ministry, but for your lives and in your homes. And I can tell you, we're going to share some testimonies next week. We have never had a year like last year. And I told Pastor, we, I said to him this morning, I said, every time I look, I'm like, it just seems like there's a miracle every single week. You, when you think, when you're trying to figure out how it's going to happen, you know, and, and, but you see God moving. And, and last year, we gave more than just a few years before that that we didn't even make. <laughs> and, and God would just, just, just supernaturally, and he would speak to us. There were gifts that he would tell us, we're going to give this, or, you know, one of us would gulp at it, you know, but we just obeyed God, and then God would show up and bless us, and even the church, because as our church gives, God's going to bless the church. We've got, we've got a lot of seed out there, 
and every seed has a harvest. Amen? And Jesus called money a seed. Amen? Corinthians calls money a seed. Let me just read this last scripture. It's in Philippians 3, 12 and 13. It's about the Apostle Paul. And it, the Apostle Paul, um, he was consumed. He was possessed with seeing Jesus. He loved Jesus. He was possessed in doing the work of God, giving his life. And look what he said. He said, he said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that for which Christ, that I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, he's, he's pressing forward, not looking back. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So many people have had bad experiences in church or bad experiences over here or I never said God to. Forget the past. Pick up the word of God and start believing God once again. God has you here for a reason. And you're a part of what he wants to do. It's not Ed and Judy's vision. It's God's vision. Amen? And we're going to see, let's, let's all become, Nehemiah 9.3 says, we're doing a great work. Let's all become a part of this work. You have a piece of what God wants to do. You have a part. We don't, we don't want to be fragmented. Amen? And we've been declaring that we have every manner of man for every manner of work. We've been declaring the favor of God. And then he goes on and he says, I do not forget those things which are behind and reaching are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Therefore, let us as many as are mature have this mind, in other words, the same mind of Christ. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. God wants you to have that type of mind, the same mind that the Apostle Paul had. Listen, we know legacy. This part of it is about the finances. And you, you have to, you, you, uh, nothing's free. Amen? This pulpit wasn't free. I, sometimes I have some of the media team or different people come to me and they go, you know, Pastor Judy, can we get this? It's only $29.99. But yet it, it, it would mean the world for them to have it because it would fix something up in the media or whatever, you know. I don't know all the, all the I just trust them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So get on board. Get, let's run with us. Let's see this happen. I want every one of you here in February of 2026, not here, but in our new building. Amen? You're going to be a part of what makes it happen. We're going to have packed out youth ministry. We're going to have children coming through the, through, through the everywhere. Amen? Amen? And I better be quiet. Yeah, and, and Pastor <laughs> Judy, this, this was free. Oh, yeah. This From was our a pastors. Gift. There was a gift. And this was a gift. <laughs> we can take that. Amen? That's pretty cool, huh? It still wasn't free, but it was a gift. It wasn't free. It was, you know, whatever. It was a blessing. Amen. Listen, I love you. Let's, let's do this for the kingdom of God. Amen.